Aloha everyone. Welcome back to Multifamily Live. I have the amazing Ben Stuttles. Thank you so much for joining us. Ben, oh my goodness, Ben has been an entrepreneur of over 15 years, first starting his career in IT sales and business development, then on to management. His background in management and sales has helped propel him into commercial real estate, first starting in 2013. Over those last nine years, he's been involved in the acquisition and asset management of 12 large multifamily properties, totaling over 200 million in assets under management and the purchase and sale of over 3,000 units. Welcome, Ben. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I'm, I'm excited to be on and you know, look forward to adding some value, but you did a great job with that intro. Thank you. Ah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, so Ben, let's talk about it. You started back in 2013. Yep. Let's talk about how you got started and why multifamily. So um, I'll, I'll keep it short, right? You know, but I think, you know, the, the gist of it is, is like a lot of people I got in into single family first, mm-hmm. right? So you kind of get into flipping and rentals and you get burned out very, very quickly and realize, is this really scalable? Is this something that I want to do with, you know? And at the time, everybody kind of starts with having a career first too, right? So you're you're kind of moonlighting as a real estate investor. And I think after about, it was close to two years, I kind of started feeling like I'm creating another job for myself. I was already working, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day. Now I'm working four hours at night, you know, doing this single family rental you know, uh, portfolio and flipping houses. And, and I was doing a little bit of wholesaling at the time as well. And that was just a big grind. So after a couple of years of that, I kind of started just thinning the herd a little bit and taking a step back and ultimately found myself, uh, you know, finding out about multifamily. So got myself into a group here in Texas, learned all about it. I'm, you know, I mean, for the folks that are listening that are new, you know, I, you know, and we don't have a, a, a training program. I'm not I'm not here to, to peddle anybody's or, but I'm just saying if you're the type like me who learns better by having a mentor and a trainer, I always encourage this. There's a ton of, you know, good people out there. There's a ton of good information, but sometimes it's nice to have a mentor and a trainer and somebody that's done it before you to kind of tell you where the landmines are. And so just a little bit, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you because that's, a, that's an important key. Like when you started flipping and wholesale, at least for us, when we started flipping and wholesaling, we didn't get a mentor. It wasn't, but the thing is, it wasn't until we got that person to be on our team to teach us how to do it that we got to level yeah. up. And it also gave us the, the permission almost to take those next steps into multifamily. How was that mentorship for you and why was it key? I think it was key because it, you know, you can fumble your way through and figure most of this stuff out. I spent even like when I started off nine, 10 years ago in multifamily, like there wasn't as many podcasts like yourself. There wasn't, there's some books obviously, but not a lot of great ones, you know, and, and there wasn't as much information online. Right. So you almost had to say, well, how the heck do you even do this stuff? Right. So for me, it was almost like a business in a box is how I would describe my my situation with the you know the training uh, program that I was a part of and you know also on top of that there's some benefit in having a, you know a group of people that keep you accountable right a group of people that will that you'll strive to be the alpha in the group oh I see so and so I mean they're buying deals every month and I want to be like that guy or gal I mean there's 
that real, there's something that internally for me pushed me even more than if I was on my own, right? Again, I'm not here to pitch anybody's specific group. I'm just saying if you're like me and that's how you learn and that's how you keep motivated, then it might be something that you want to start off by doing, right? Because it's going to be able to, I guess, accelerate that learning curve uh, quite a bit, right? Whereas, don't get me wrong, these days, yes, you can find out about a lot of this stuff online, but it still might take you a little bit longer than the folks that might join a mentoring group. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I have to say all of the most of actually all of the very successful people in our genre of real estate have had a mentor of some sort or an extended membership in in a in some sort of multifamily and business program. So mentorship is definitely key. Now let's keep on with your story. You brought on a mentor, you started learning how to do what you do. How did you figure out, and we had a conversation previous today to this, how did you figure out that asset management and the equity raise, but particularly the asset management was your sweet spot? You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's my that the most exciting part of the business, but I'd say it's the most fundamentally important part of the business, right? Because at the end of the day, you can. I know a lot of people that are great at acquisitions. Man, those guys and gals, they can buy a lot of deals. They can raise a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But it's it's when the rubber meets the road that those projections become reality. Those projections become distributions to your investors. And then eventually there's a full cycle and an exit and you're able to hit all of those marks, right? Unless you have a good understanding of asset management, which for, again, for folks that are new to the business, what I mean by that is it's essentially you're on the you're on the side of the ownership, right? Because there's third party asset managers, too. So I'm just going to use it, you know, in a broad sense, right? You are there to manage the property management company and the other vendors in the equation and make sure that they are executing on that business plan. Right. So if your business plan was to come in there and raise rents two hundred dollars and you're going to upgrade 50 percent of the units and you're going to replace these roofs and all, who's going to do that? Right. Yeah. The property management company can in some ways do some of that for you, but they're not going to be able to do it all for you. Right. So you have to have an asset manager. You have to have those skills on your side to be able to go out and say, "Okay, I'm I'm on track. I've been able to update, you know, uh, 10 units this month. And that's going to annualize into 50 percent of the units for this year. Right. So I'm on track. You know, we're raising rents on all of our upgrades to two hundred dollars more. Right. Okay, I'm on track for that. You know, what else is part of that business plan? Execution of that is asset management 101. Right. And so I it, it forced me. And again, it wasn't anything that I, I really think is really sexy or fun, but I just knew that it was so fundamental to the success of what I was trying to do that I took a, you know, a real deep dive on best practices and building out processes and, and, and KPIs within our organization. And even prior to Disrupt Equity, Disrupt Equity is just from 2017, you know, and building out these best practices because I knew that that was so important, right? You know, and I think a lot of people miss that because they get caught up in they went to a three day boot camp and they're all excited to buy a deal. And, you know, they can they're going to start talking to brokers and they're going to start talking to investors and they're going to get it all done. And they fumble their way through a closing and then they they buy the deal. And then they're like they're all high fiving. And, yeah, I got my deal and I posted on Facebook. I'm good. Well, that's when all the real work starts is, (laughs) is day one. 
you know, uh, taking it over and implementing your business plan. Yeah, I'm glad that you got it closed, but you need to know how to manage it at the end of the day. And the asset manager for, again, for people's, you know, benefit, right? You're going to do everything, right? From soliciting insurance bids to firing or hiring a management company to protesting taxes to, you know, if you have insurance claims, you're going to have to roll through that whole entire process. Your lenders got questions. They're coming to the asset manager. You better know your answers. Your your investors might have questions. Guess what? They're probably going to ask the, the asset management, you know, uh, department, right? Even if you have a bigger firm, typically the investor relations folks are going to be like, hey, how's this thing working? Our investors are asking. So, you know, it's a very fundamental part of what we do. And so I kind of gravitated to that part of the business. And, you know, and, I, and to this day, I still oversee that department within Disrupt Equity. So, um, you know, I, I guess if you get anything from this podcast is learn how to be an asset manager, even if you decide in the future that you don't want to do it, at least having an idea of how it works and what things you should be tracking is very, very important. I want to I'm going to ask you that I know why I want to ask you the question why everyone should learn what an asset management that manager does. Because, I mean, again, it's where the rubber meets the road, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you've got projections, right? You're going to hit 7% cash on cash and you're going to exit in five years. Who's tracking all of that, right? You know, I mean, because guess what? A savvy investor that's putting their money into it, they're tracking it. You didn't hit that 7%. Where's my money at? Where's my money? You know, so somebody needs to get ahead of them. Be proactive, right? So you need that's where asset management comes into play. I believe the asset manager is one of the most important people on the deal. Like you said, the acquisitions person can take down the deal. Um, they can even, the whole team can raise the equity, but you need that that person that can run the mm-hmm. deal. That is what you said, rubber hits the road. That is the person that's yeah. gonna make that business plan work. That is the person that's going to get your investors paid and make sure that they continue to get paid. So talking all about asset management, and I know that that is what you do, but personally, why are you such a great asset manager? What is it about you? What is your superpower that, and, and as people are listening to this, maybe they, they'll associate that with, with themselves. I'm trying to give our audience a little bit more, a little bit more look into who you are as an asset manager and why you are so good at it. Well, thank you. I've I've definitely met better ones than me. But I think that there's a couple skills, right? Having now since hired on additional asset managers onto my team that I look for. I would say first and foremost, you got to be a great communicator, right? And I'm going to tell you why. The communication is key. You have to communicate with your property management company and articulate via messages and emails and phone calls as to what the business plan is. You need to shift as needed. So communication is important, but also not only just in the property management company, but other stakeholders, right? Whether it be a general contractor or an investor or another department within your company, you need to be a good communicator and be able to articulate that business plan and shift and understand how to shift 
appropriately, right? So communication is key, right? I would say also knowing your way around a spreadsheet, right? And how to read financial reports is important, right? Now, do you have to be an accountant? Absolutely not. I'm certainly not a CPA or an accountant, but I understand how financial reports are written and how to understand where there could be variances and, and why are things the certain way, right? And understanding how balance sheets work and, you know, uh, being able to read those and determine trends and determine anomalies and, and again, variances and why things are where they are and be able to articulate those questions back to, um, you know, the team, right? Whether it be, you know, the property management company or somebody else within the organization. So I'd say, you know, communication, you know, being a good communicator, you know, understanding financial reports and spreadsheets, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that, you know, that kind of comes out as, as reports are going to be spreadsheet driven and you're going to have to crunch numbers and all that stuff. And I'd say the third skill set that that's really important as an asset manager, is just being organized, Right. Because what an asset manager is essentially a project manager on steroids. Right. Especially when you compound, you're not just asset managing one deal. Now you're asset managing. I've seen asset managers manage as many as 20 deals. Right. So you have to be very methodical, very organized and understand the the metrics that you're tracking. You're going to have a lot of phone calls. You're going to have a lot of emails and you're going to have to keep up with all that. The way that I'm able to kind of keep up with a lot of this stuff is through Asana. So we have it's a project and task management tool that some of your listeners might have heard of. Right. So everything is a checklist, everything. And it's recurring. Right. So, you know, at the 20th of the month, I should have all of my investor updates out which is coming up in five days, you know, um, and, and you have to, you have to keep organized that way. And so organization, communication, and understanding your way around financial reports and spreadsheets. If you've got those three skills, that's probably going to be one of the more important things that you need to have as an asset manager. Now there's probably more, you know, I'm sure other people are going to have different skills, but for me, that's what I look for when I'm hiring on additional asset managers as well. Organization, communication, and the ability to read spreadsheets. I love that answer. Financial reports. Financial reports. Spreadsheets, Mm -hmm. financial reports. So let's continue on your journey. You get started. You you have some, you get some multifamily assets under, under your belt. How does Disrupt Equity come into play? So we, I was doing, well, I stepped back from the training program. Mm And that would have been probably 2016. And I was like, okay, I want to still stay in the market. I want to network with people here. We're we're based out of Houston, here in Houston that are looking to do deals, that might want to invest in deals, that might want to partner on deals, right? You know, so I created a meetup, which we still, I mean, we just had another one last week. So since 2016 to now, you know, about six years, we've been running it uh, here in Houston on a monthly basis. We always stopped because of COVID. And, you know, that was my way of just kind of keeping a pulse on the Houston multifamily market. Well, a gentleman started coming in, you know, this would have been back in 2016, actually. And, um, you know, his name's Ferris Musa, and we, we became friends first. You know, one of the sharpest guys that I've ever met. Very analytical, knows processes and systems better than anybody. He used to work at Microsoft. He's a, you know, developer and a systems architect. So he knows how all of this stuff works. He knows about social media and internet marketing and all that stuff. So he had some, a lot of the skills that I was lacking, right? But first and foremost, we were friends, 
right? Because I think for it's important for people to understand that your partner, much like your spouse, right, you have to get along with. <laughs> and so don't think of it, oh, we're going to make a pile of money. I don't care if this person's an a-hole or not. That's going to turn into disaster. So do a fair amount of courting, do a fair amount of vetting, make sure that you're going to get along with this person before you get in bed and you, you do a deal with them. Because I've, I also see this a lot in our industry where people just partner up ad hoc willy nilly and because they're so excited to do a deal. And that's where these fractured partnerships come into play, right? Where the partnership can't even get along they can't make any decisions and then the deal starts imploding. So, you know, after about a year of that kind of friendship courting process, we decided to say, hey, you know, why don't we create a business out of this? So in 2017, we created Disrupt Equity and uh, we've been buying deals ever since, you know, and from there we've created some ancillary companies as well, as well as our management company, Disrupt Management. And uh, it's been a great ride. But again, very complimentary. Everybody, you know, is just amazed at, you know, just how well we get along. But that was by design too, right? You know, I mean, one of the reasons that I really started the meetup group was not really to necessarily define investors. I was doing a good job of that already. It was more so to find partners. And so that was really my, my penultimate goal with the meetup. And I, and I feel like I was successful because I was literally networking just to find whoever, who I could do deals with. And that's how I found Ferris. So, you know, again, important for people to take their time, get to know those people, because I'm going to tell you the one thing, too. The breakup of a partnership is probably as painful as a divorce is. So take that with a grain of salt. Right. You know, but it, it, it truly is. And I've seen some people get devastated not being serious about it and things go haywire. And so, you know, if you're looking for partners, do your do your due diligence, do your vetting and, you know, make sure that you get along with that person. I completely agree because not only I mean, not only is that relationship dissolved, but you have so many people that were depending on that relationship. So mm -hmm. I love how you jumped into communication and finding that stable relationship and more importantly, finding that person that kind of fills in those things, those strengths that you might not have or are not as good at. So thank you for everything that you've been laying down for me and my audience. Before I let you go, I would love to know one last bit of, be it, be it information or something that, something you'd love to leave my audience with. What would that one thing be? You know, and this is this is good timing, right? I'm not quite sure when this is going to drop, but it's probably going to still be applicable then. Um, you know, I need people to be patient, right? You know, I think people see a fair amount of success online, whether it be real or it's just kind of a little, you know, um, you know, smoke there. But what? Yeah. So, I mean, I want people to take your time, get yourself educated, network. Maybe put some money into a deal with somebody that you trust just to see the a little bit more of the inner workings of how it works, right? Before you hop into buying a deal. What we do become it can be complete it can be very, very lucrative, but it's extremely risky too. So I always kind of tell people, don't be so you know, I guess, you know, aggressive about getting into your first deal. I mean, I know people that'll go to a boot camp and they're trying to get into deals within the first month and, and God bless them. I love people that take action. And I'm, this is not me telling people not to take action. 
All I'm telling people is be methodical and be smart about the action that you take, right? Because right now there's a there's a lot of choppiness in the market. Debt's you know still out there. There's still a lot of liquidity in the market between debt and equity, but it's becoming a little bit more choppy, right? We don't know where inflation's going to go. We don't know if there's going to be a recession and how long or how bad it would be. Right. So use this as an opportunity, just like COVID was right, where nobody could really get out and do much. Get yourself educated, network, find that partner, underwrite a lot of deals and get really good with your underwriting skills. And then when you start kind of seeing things open up, then you're going to be in a better position to go out and really scale up pretty quickly. Because I think in the next 12 to 24 months, there's going to be a lot of great buying opportunities, too. And so don't be so quick to jump in and try to buy a deal just because you're eager to leave your W-2 or somebody told you you could retire in five years. It just doesn't, doesn't necessarily work like that. Right. And so, you know, take action, get in the game, but just be, just be smart and diligent about it is kind of my advice to everybody. I love how you, how you put it because I'm all about taking action, but you put it like this, be smart about the action that you take. A lot of people push, take the action, take the action. You want to get to the goal, you take the action. I say that a lot. But be smart about the action you take. I think we forget to remind people to do that, especially in this time period that we're in. So, Ben, thank you so very much. If my audience wants to get a hold of you, get to know more about you, how can they? Absolutely. So we obviously got a website, www.disruptequity.com. We got an investor uh, section there. But if you want to drop me a a line directly, Ben at disruptequity.com. As you can probably tell, I like talking shop and answering questions and and talking through multifamily. So if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, feel free to. Fantastic. So everyone that's listening today, thank you so very much for being here with us. I appreciate you. Ben appreciates you. We appreciate you, Ben. We're all about gratefulness. And the thing is, I am grateful to you. If you loved what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe, hit all those buttons and check Ben out at disruptequity.com. So grateful. Have an amazing day. And we'll talk later. Aloha.